HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live of the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Our engineer in the studio today is Jack Inslee. And um, today our show is generously sponsored by the Academy Opus Caseus. Um, it's a really interesting program based out uh, just outside of Lyon, France, um, where you can go and learn the tools of the trade, as it were, of uh, affinage and um, sort of all the things that relate to the selling of cheese. So if you're interested, check them out online, Academy Opus Caseus. Um, and today's show is a continuation of a series that we just recently started focusing on cheesemongers. So today my guest, Peter Lovis, is the owner of the cheese shop of Concord Mass, and we are very excited to have him with us. Peter, are you there? I sure am. I am. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. <laughs> um, so uh, we literally just debuted this uh, series about two weeks ago, and uh, and it's great. I feel like you know there there's more attention being paid to cheesemongering. I, I feel like in general, we had a recent a recent article in the New York Times uh, talking about cheesemongers and the signs that they write. Um, I feel like the cheesemonger invitational is a couple years old now. Um, so more people in the food world are starting to pay attention to the profession of cheesemongering, but People like you have been in the business for quite a long time, isn't that right? Yeah, I started. I've been selling cheese since 1976. Wow! And, and I think the you know, having watched so many of the trends in the business over the last 35 years, from you know, gourmet foods, natural foods, organic foods, sustainable, locavore. You know, watching all those trends. The thing that gets me most excited is that now to be a cheesemonger is a profession. It's not just 
a job. It's not just something that, you know, well, well, I don't know what else to do. Well, I got a job doing this. It's like, I want to be a cheesemonger. And there's opportunities to actually do that from, you know, small independent shops like mine or large, you know, chain stores. Um, it's, it's actually a, an honorable profession, which is really great. <laughs> we knew it all along, right? It's just like, yeah, yeah everyone else is, uh, <laughs> is catching up. Um, well, and I can't even claim, I mean, I've been selling cheese since 2003. So what am I talking about? I'm like a, a baby in the game compared to you. Um, but uh, so can you tell me a little bit about how the cheesescape has changed since you first got into the business in terms of availability, in terms of what customers are looking for and what people are excited about? Well, back in the 70s, it was, you know, Colby Longhorn and uh, Borso and Saga Blue was a big, uh, was a big cheese back then. Hmm. I said Gourmandise with Walnut and Gourmandise with Kirsch, if you remember those. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, port wine cheddar rolled in pistachios or walnuts. Ooh, got to love that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and uh, we actually did a, a fun event last October where we, we put a small crack in the space-time continuum in Concord, and we brought back cheeses that were available in 1967 when our store started, and we sold them at 1967 prices. Oh, my gosh, so, that's so like, funny. Society B. Roquefort was four ninety nine a pound. Brie was two ninety nine. you know. Cavalier crackers and Bremner wafers were 99 cents a box. Wow, wow. It's a small place. There's only about four feet of counter space, but we sold, we sold it all. <laughs> we had a blast doing it. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Wow, that's so great. Well, I want to get back to um, you know, the different events that you do in a little bit because I know um, they're more and they're really fun and interesting. Um, but so how... Uh, so, you know, from those early days, um, can you tell us about, you know, sourcing your cheeses? Like, where were you getting, you know, the Saga Blues and the Colby's? And then how has your selection um, and your sourcing kind of changed over the years? Well, the, the biggest change was in probably the early early to mid-80s when cheeses started being able to be brought in by air. So it was just a handful of companies. You know, John Ciano, Crystal Food was a pioneer. Um, France America was another one that did... So we, now we could get cheeses, like fresh French goat cheeses from the Loire that mm. were, you know, days old. You didn't have to have Couturier cryovac wrapped in hard plastic, you know, Montrachet. It yeah. could be like real French goat cheese like <laughs> you'd find in a market. Get, <laughs> Packed you know, in wooden and, crates. and Yeah, with straw in it. And so, and so that became a, uh, that was a real game changer. Uh, the, the company that started doing that, and then we could educate our customers to more exotic things. I mean, in the in the early '80s, Telegio was just being found in the U.S. It was like, oh, is that a brie? It's like, no, it's Telegio. It's from Italy. Wow, what, really, Italian brie? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, yeah, that's how the education process starts. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and, it's, and then that's the that's the greatest piece is educating people, bringing in new things getting them excited and they have a relationship you know when, when our customers have a relationship with us as a cheesemonger they want to learn they're coming to us to learn they are excited about learning new things absolutely and and they trust you which is important because you know for somebody who's been having you know the the port wine cheddar wrapped in or, or you know rolled in pistachios or walnuts uh, it's a, it's a far leap to telegio but if they trust you then you know you're going to make that you're going to make that leap yeah, and we'll sell them things like, uh, you know, Brescinella Stagionata when they get out over to Leggio and start selling them some really stinky cheeses or sell them some Conte, which was 
you know, really oh. wasn't around until the early 80s. Wow. In the U.S. <laughs> now, so... Been in France for a while. Yeah, been in France, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, now, let me ask about, uh, so the cheeses that were coming in at that time, I know, you know, nowadays things are subject to such intense scrutiny by the USDA and FDA. Did you find that it was easier to source maybe high quality um, farmstead and even raw milk cheeses from Europe at that time? Um, they they were around back then. I mean, I had a container of uh, cheese condemned in probably 84, 85. Oh, terrible. Uh, yeah, we had to, we lost like 400 cases of brie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. And, it, and they, you couldn't just, you know, throw it away. You had to, you know, blow, put this blue dye on it so nobody would possibly take it out of the dumpster and eat it. It was awful. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, but, so, so, yeah, there's been, the USDA and FDA have their, have their job to do, and, and they do it. Yeah. Yeah. So even back then, I feel like, you know, in, in my in my mind, you know, I feel like the scrutiny has only increased. Um, and so, you know, I thought maybe it was a little bit easier maybe to get some of those things in back in the day. But apparently not. Apparently well, always... they, they, there was until they caught until they caught up with it, like Reblochon. I mean, we could get Reblochon. Now we can't get Reblochon. Real Reblochon. And they, 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 they learn with with the with, along with us. With the, and with the customers, I'm sure, because the more the demand increases for Reblochon, the more it's on their it's on their radar, and then they kind of go after it. I bet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, so I guess if we could back up all the way to the beginning, what <laughs> what led you okay. to cheesemongering in the first place? Well, um, I wanted a job, so I went <laughs> to the downtown area of Caldwell, New Jersey, and I went to the green grocer and the the hardware store and the, the deli and the grocery store and the cheese store and and uh, the guy at the cheese store gave me a job october 16th 1976 was my first day on the job <laughs> <I'll never> forget <laughs> it. and and i'm still that was i'm still in touch with mr knowles who wow. gave me that job and he actually came to our 67 time time warp uh, event so it's and and that, so that was in october and i just loved it it was just so much fun he was such a great teacher and such a great leader and motivator that I just, you know, I, I just, I loved it. And in February, I wasn't even 16 years old yet. I was 15 years old. In uh-huh. February vacation, he and his wife went to St. Bart's and gave me the keys to the store. And I ran the store for the week. As a 15-year-old? As a 15-year-old kid. Wow. Wow. And his, his son came up every night to collect the money and make the deposit and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was, I didn't do any of that. I just cut the cheese and helped the customers. That's and helping amazing. customers is 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 a, is really a blast. Selling cheese is a gas. It is. It is. I feel like you know it, we're we're very lucky in that you know our job is is to make people happy. You know, people walk in the door, they're already you know anticipating a treat, and then you know you just you, you're basically selling them a slice of happiness, which is unlike a lot of other <laughs> a lot and, of and, other professions out there. And not just once. We get to pleasure our customers twice. Because they come in to see us, we give them a great experience, we give them some great cheeses to taste, and they walk out saying, wow, that was, that was really a great time. Then they go home, and they eat it, and they, we pleasure them again. Yeah. It's, the most, it's the only occupation I can think of that you can legally do that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, so, 
how, so tell me about your journey. So you started in Caldwell, New Jersey at the cheese shop. And how did you go from there to owning your own shop, the, the cheese shop of Concord? Well, uh, in the late, so that, so I did that through high school and college in Caldwell, New Jersey. And uh, during the month of December, I was off break. I, my school had trimesters. So I would go down and I would actually live with Mr. Knowles and his family for the month of December. Wow. And work, work, you know, make 400 gift baskets of this one and 200 of those and stock the shelves and open the cheeses and do all that. It was just very small shop. I think there was four of us with a maximum, I think there was probably a maximum of three cheese cutters at a time at his store. When I got out of college, I went down to Washington, D.C., and I started working at Sutton Place Gourmet when we were one store, and then we grew to two stores and then three stores. And uh, I was the cheese manager there. I lived at a great group house in Washington, and the wine manager was one of my housemates. And it was a, we had a, some really good parties then. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and then I left there to co work with uh, uh, Gourmet America, was the name of the company, uh, run by Ron Johnson, who's now Encore Foods, and Phil Meldrum, who's the owner of uh, Food Match with Davina Olives. And Linda Luke from the Luke Group, and uh, we were a great team. Uh, it was really great, and we'd import products from around the around the country, around the world, and sell them to distributors around the country. Hmm. Did that for a few years, and then I went to work for Crystal Food with John Ciano. Okay, and yep. got to know. So with, with Gourmet America, I got to know distributors all across the country, and the importing process. How to, you know how to import things, how containers work, how customs brokers work, all that. Then I went to work for Crystal Food, and I got to know all the retailers in in New England. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, what did I do after that? Then I started a company mm. with a group of dairy farmers up in Vermont. I was the only guy in the company that didn't milk cows for a living, and we started the first premium milk, milk that was cleaner and better tasting than any other milk out there. Wow. And was that milk turned into cheese, or was that uh, bottled and sold as fluid milk? It was fluid milk. Okay. Fluid milk. And it was a beautiful first full-color carton in the milk business. Now they're all over the place. (laughs) And um, then I was doing economic development in Lowell, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. and uh, a, a friend of mine who I went to college with was working at uh, working at the cheese shop in Concord. She was the general manager there, Ellen. And uh, she said to me, I was out there buying some cheese one day, and she says, you know, you should put an apron back on and get back in the retail business. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, I could do that. I, I don't think so. You know, I, this, is, this is 1998. Okay. And uh, I've been buying cheeses from, from her for, for many years in Concord. And... Um, Anyway, my wife said to me as we were driving, driving back home, she goes, you really want to do that, don't you? And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> sort of. I kind of do. She goes, you do. I know you do. I said, okay. So I called her up and I said, all right. So I took some time off of work just to sell cheese during the holidays. Yeah. You know, take a, and Saturday before Christmas. And, and it was just like, you put, put a cheese plane in my hand and I'm just as happy as could be. You know, just I just You're had so back. much fun. Yeah, come home at the end of the day, taking a day off for work to go to work. You know, or working on a Saturday all day long on your feet. Oh yeah, I'd just be so happy and so so great. So ninety eight, ninety nine, and two thousand, I did that, and then in two thousand, my 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 little girl was born in, in November. Oh, congratulations! And, uh, thank you, and. Uh, 
my wife and I had a deal that uh, she, she would take care of the baby at night and do all that, but I would do everything during the day, the cooking, cleaning, washing, all that kind of stuff, because I was taking like nine weeks off. Yeah, yeah. So I got a month-old baby at home, <laughs> and uh, she's, uh, she's jumping up and down. Are you talking about me on the radio? <laughs> yes, I'm talking about you on the radio. <laughs> she can listen to it afterwards. She can, like, yeah, you know, yeah. brag to all of her friends. And um, I, it's Christmas Eve, and I'm saying to the owner, Bill, Bill Barber, and his wife, Louise, I'll see you next year. Um, and they say, well, we might not be here next year. The store is for sale. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> You're like, I got to buy a cheese shop. <laughs> I, I got to do this. So I, 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 I get in the car and I, I'm racing home. I got two speeding tickets on my way home that night, <laughs> which stay on your license for seven years in insurance premium. Wow. You know? Two, so, two uh, in one night. That's impressive. And uh, I, uh, you know, asked my wife if we could talk about it later. And she said yes. And was, you know, made an offer and signed in a purchase and sale agreement in August 2001. And, uh, and the rest is history. Yeah. Now, and it's the, it's the best thing that I've ever done. It's, I work with some of the greatest people, um, some fabulous cheesemongers. Uh, it's just, it's just wonderful. I wouldn't trade it for the world. That is an amazing story. And it's, it's perfect. We actually are coming, we're just at the midpoint of the show. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Peter Levis of the Cheese Shop of Concord. Stay with us. You're listening to Boy Crazy by Cookies on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. In Spain, tall boys across her brain. It's tall boys, men they'll do anything. They sat her in the shade, threw her a parade. All lined up, marching back and forth all day. She's boy crazy. She's boy crazy. Oh, she's Take a look. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. When you come to learn at the Academy, we instill our love for cheese, our expertise, and our experience so that you can support artisanal producers, impeccably care for the fine cheeses you carry, and serve your customers with skill and enthusiasm. We integrate hands-on practice, formal instruction, and classroom discussion in all of our courses. The Academy's programs are offered at the Mons Fromagerie in the heart of France, where cheese undergoes affinage and cheeses are received, prepared, and shipped. Several Mons retail shops are nearby. The surrounding countryside is the home to producers whose excellent cheeses are cared for by the Mons team. The Mons cheese business has more than 50 years' experience caring for and teaching about cheese in France, a country known as the source of some of the world's greatest cheeses, deepest cheese tradition, and the highest level of technological research and rigor in cheese making and ripening. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as the first approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Enroll now for Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals or Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. For more information, visit 
visit www.academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. Certified Cheese Professional is a registered trademark of the American Cheese Society. And we are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. You can check us out on heritageradionetwork.org and download any of our past shows. Um, Today we are speaking with Peter Lovis, who is the owner of the Cheese Shop of Concord, and we're talking about being a cheesemonger. Um, so, Peter, we were talking a little bit uh, in the first segment about your back to 1967 time capsule event at the at the shop where you guys dropped the prices <laughs> back down and uh, and uh, brought back some old school cheeses. Um, can you tell me about some other things that you do to sort of set your shop apart and kind of create a, a culture of, uh, you know, of community there through, through your events? Um, well, we have a, in the first Thursday of December, we have a parade for a gigantic wheel of Italian cheese called Crucolo. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a 400-pound wheel of, of cheese, and we roll it down the red carpet on the street, down the street on the red carpet with rose petals being thrown in front of it with singers and dancers and cut it open. And last year it came by um, horse-drawn wagon. Wow. (laughs) So so that's that's kind of fun. A 400-pound cheese. Now, can I ask, how long does it take you to go through a 400-pound wheel of cheese? uh, Six days. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's amazing so you yeah. do it at the beginning of december and then by the end of the holiday by the next week it's gone yep then the, the first the, the reason i got it in the first the first year i got i ordered one and i thought that i would be we, we kind of create a barrier so customers don't go around the counter when we when we run the, the fifth board mm-hmm. which is like 25 feet away it's like about a 25 foot counter okay and um so we, we, we'd used cases of water in the past. And I just thought, you know, wouldn't a big piece of cheese be a little bit more visually interesting? So I ordered a 400-pound wheel of cheese, and I'm thinking that a half or a quarter of it will definitely serve this barrier through New Year's. Yeah. And it was gone in, in two weeks. And we're only open five days a week. <laughs> wow. And so the next year, 2011, I guess, uh, yeah, it was the second year. I ordered two, and we had to pray just for the one, yeah. the first one. <laughs> uh-huh. and the first one sold in like 10 days, and then we had, when we did inventory on the 1st of January, we had 20 pounds left of the second one. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. That is really the, incredible. This year, we had, the first wheel went in six days, <laughs> wow. six business days, and we had about 35, 40 pounds left when we did inventory on December 31st to January 1st. Amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's a hoot. I mean, it's really a gas. I mean, selling cheese is fun. It's really, it's really a blast, and we have a lot of fun doing it. And it's infectious, you know? I it feel is. like your enthusiasm, you know, is what kind of powers, you know, the the engine of the store, and, and, and is it's why your customers come to you. Um, yeah. So... What about other events? I, I read on your website you do these Friday night dinner clubs. Um, it just sounds like you guys do a lot of wonderful things like that for your customers. I, I like to think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Friday night dinner club is a take-home meal. That uh, On Friday night, it's a you know, four-course meal, includes a bottle of wine. It's a great meal. 
You take it home, preheat, light the candles while the oven is heating up, heat it up, and have a great dinner for two with probably enough for lunch the next day. That sounds well, like a beautiful thing on a Friday 75, night. $75. And it's, it's you know, no babysitters, no fuss, just, just enjoy. <laughs> exactly. The kids can watch a movie in the next room. You guys can have dinner. Everything, right. Everybody's happy. And, and, and isn't that Friday night? I mean, do you really want to go out? I'm t- I mean, and do you really want to cook? You know, you, you get home, you're tired. It's been a long week. You know, it's like nice yeah. to have somebody take care of that for you. Yeah, and to have a great meal. Let's kick off the weekend with some great food. I mean, <laughs> celebrate the food that you're eating. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about, so these events, I mean, are, are great and you can, you know, we can, I can tell just by talking to you that, you know, that you truly, you know, hundred percent love what you do. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your shop itself? What's the look, the feel, um, what, you know, signage, um, how do you kind of, how do you kind of design your, your store and what's it like in there? Well, when you first walk in the door, there's, uh... But the cheese counter is about 25 feet long, and that's pretty much the first thing you see. And on, on the cheese counter is, you know, probably 150, 100 different cheeses all stacked up wow. on the counter. Um, we have signs on everything with, the uh, you know, name of the cheese, where it's from. The, the milk is left-hand corner of the little sign is the animal of the milk or animals. A little flag from where the country it's from, and then name of the cheese, something about it. And we're not nearly as the, as poetic as the ones that were listed in the in the Times article a month or so ago. Um, but really, it's the, you know our 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 thing is, is. And then, well, to your right then is the wine department. We have um, about five hundred different bottlings of wine. Wow. Um, so it's pretty small, but very well selected and. If I do say so myself. Uh, <laughs> you would know, uh, of all people. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and, you know, nothing gets bought by un- untasted. You know, it's, it's a re- I require that the wine guys taste the wine before they bring it in. And, and because we're limited, it has to have a spot. You know, it's got to have, it's got to be really well placed within its category or in price point. Yep, and, and it's um, got to have a, you know, exactly. It's like, you know, it's got to be a star. People are going to yeah. sell it. It's got to be... You're going to make it into my store. You're going to be a star. <laughs> I like that mentality. <laughs> and um, then to the right, we have uh, the deli where we serve lunches, uh, hot, hot meals to go, some, some, some small seating to eat in, uh, great sandwiches, um, and then throughout the store, we have all the, the dry goods that would accompany cheese, from quince paste to cookies, crackers, olive oils, balsamic vinegars, everything. There. But really, the, 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 what sets us apart on the cheese side is, is a concept that the cheese shops that I learned when I was 15, and it's the, the phrase is, lead with the plane. Get that, you know, when somebody walks in, give them a piece of cheese. Let them taste it. Try something new. Hey, you want to try something that we just got in? Hey, you want to try something I'm loving today? And you put the cheese, the cheese plane right there for them. And sampling, 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 and discussing, and having a conversation and a culture of service. That's what cheesemonger, that's the glory of cheesemongering. 
It really is. And I agree with you about, um, you know, lead with the plane. We actually, at my shop, we don't use cheese planes. We just have a little, you know, a little knife and cut, cut people a little taste. Um, but I feel like that idea of having that interactive sampling experience versus passive samples, you know, where you go to a store and they just have a kind of like table out with some cheese on it and you just walk by and eat it. And you know, that's, that's that. I feel like, you know, your, uh, philosophy of how to do that is, is really for me the way, the way to go because it really draws people in. You create a relationship. Passive, and plus, passive sampling is economically horrible. It is. I mean, how many pounds of cheese are you going to give away before anybody buys a piece? Yeah, yeah. Versus engaging them, saying hello, you know, a person to person, human to human relationship is much more powerful than a son bunch of cheese on a plate it's boring <laughs> i i'm not gonna buy it they're just gonna eat it they're just <laughs> you know? gonna eat it and you know it's kind of like going to like a museum and looking at a painting or something you can just shuffle by and like take a glance at it but if you have somebody there to explain it to you chances are you know you're gonna remember kind of who are the characters in that painting what was the story behind it and yeah. you know there there's a whole there's a whole world of information behind each and every cheese you're you're engaged people it, need to be engaged exactly people spend too much time you know, not paying any attention to what they're looking at, what they're seeing, what they're eating, what they're hearing. It's all just noise or just not paying attention. But if you engage somebody, a human-to-human interaction, you, 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 the life is that, your life is that much more enriched. It's just so much better. When yeah. you have people around you. <laughs> I know. Well, so that actually is something that I feel like is a really crucial part of the conversation, part of this conversation with cheesemongers that I hope to have. Um, because I feel like in this day and age of, you know, you're able to buy anything you want on the Internet or, you know, there's a new, you know, you name it, Whole Foods or Target or whatever big, bigger store opening in the in the town, you know. How do you? What do you? What do you feel about all that? I mean, for me and for you, obviously, this is a very important part of our lives. Not just because it's our livelihood, but it's because that's how we believe people should buy food. But how do you um, sort of perceive people's shopping habits and their interactions? Um, do you see it on the rise? Do you see it on the wane? Do you see your shop as a unique microcosm? Um, can you speak to that a little bit? I, I think people don't pay enough attention to what they're doing. I think that, you know, stores like yours and mine where the owner is likely to be present, uh, where everything is cut to order, uh, nothing is cut and dump, you know, no, nothing is pre-priced, everything is cut to order. Um, it's people that care, want mm-hmm. that experience. I know a lot of my customers buy cheese at Whole Foods and they buy cheese at Crosby. I mean, Crosby Supermarket probably sells more pounds of cheese than I do. Mm. But, there, but, but there's, there's no love to it. There's no passion. So people who, who care about supporting small independent businesses aren't going to – I mean, how can you buy cheese? I mean, how can you buy cheese on the Internet? I know. Come on. I know. <laughs> and pay freight. It's ridiculous. Yep, yep. Um, uh, that's, that's just wrong. I, 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 it's so wrong to me, I can't even fathom how anybody would do it. Yeah, it, <laughs> unless you live like in the middle of the boonies nowhere and you're a great lover of cheeses and there's literally no other option. Still, still just call, <laughs> call a cheesemonger. Call me. Yeah. I'll, give, I'll send you a box. You know, I'll send you a box of cheese. Do you guys I'm happy to, and I'll tell you what's in it, and I'll, and I'll find out what you like, and I'll have a conversation with you, and I'll, I'll pick five cheeses that you are going to absolutely adore. 
Jesus that will make you so happy you think you died and went to heaven. But don't buy it on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, call I, me, call me, call me. Yeah, we'll have a call conversation. A we'll figure it out. Yeah, call a cheesemonger. We should that that would be a that I feel like that's a salve to a lot of problems. Just call a cheesemonger, you know. Yeah, Actually, have a conversation. That that which I don't I don't know. That's another another tangent. But as a cheesemonger, do you feel sometimes that that people do call on you for non cheese needs? I feel that behind my counter sometimes I end up being a little bit of a psychologist slash cheesemonger <laughs> slash a lot of other things. Yeah, well, that that happens, and it's that's because we're engaged. I mean, we're human beings, and we're interested, and we're interesting. And when you engage, when you have a relationship with somebody, they're going to talk to you about things that are on their mind. Yeah. They come for cheese, but they really want your your attention. They want your input. If you're so good with cheese, you must know everything. What what, what what's good about cars too, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Sure. Why not? Yeah. Or, uh, or you know, how to or relationship advice. I swear, I've gotten into the the craziest conversations with people behind the cheese counter. But that all, uh, you never have a you never have a boring day at work ever. No. And it's, <laughs> but it's not work because it's too much fun. There you go. There you go. I love it. I love it. So you've been doing this since 1976, and you're having you know I would it sounds like more fun than you did when you started when you were 15. Yeah. Um. Well, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. We're almost out of time, but I want to make sure that people can find um, your wonderful shop um, online. Uh, um, you know, not to buy cheese online, but just to come find you so they can physically, you know, <laughs> come to the store. Um, do you guys have a website? We do. It's ConcordCheeseShop.com. ConcordCheeseShop.com. Well, I personally have never been, but I, I look forward to visiting you someday because it just sounds like you have an amazing shop. It's it's a lot of fun. We really, I mean, I, the, the cheesemongers that work with me are fabulous. You know, Lady Bree and PB and Armina and Lady Jen and Kim. It's just they have the same passion. I can't help every customer that comes in the store, but they I need them to help them the same way I would, and they do that. That is that is phenomenal. Well, th- thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and for enlightening us as to what it takes to be a cheesemonger. <laughs> And uh, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>